You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Locker Room. Join us every Friday afternoon on Locker Room to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Two down, three to go here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation, as well as Dime Magazine. You can follow me on Twitter, at BrendanClean14. But most importantly, you can follow our show on Twitter, at LockedOnPHXSuns, where you can send me your best guess at the potion that Devin Booker must drink on the way to Philadelphia because this man is somehow destined to take down the Sixers whenever he steps foot in the municipality. Maybe he should be like on a a most wanted list. Maybe they shouldn't even let him in because Booker took the Suns home again tonight. And 116-113 is the victory. As I said, two down and three to go on this East Coast road trip. Somehow the the two probably toughest games, the Suns now won both uh, thanks to late game execution, really a contribution up and down the roster. Everyone pitched into this game and uh, that was the case on Monday against Milwaukee as well. More excellent DeAndre Ayton defensive moments, the Booker scoring, Chris Paul took over in different spurts and then you had a huge Mikhail Bridges game. I mean, that's a pretty good recipe. From what we've seen, we'll also get into Jay Crowder's injury, what it could mean for the Suns. And uh, then I actually I want to close the show with more on this first round matchup thing. I know I'm stuck on it. You guys are making me stuck on it because I put a poll up on the Locked on Suns Twitter account asking, like, I want hard data. A few hundred people have uh, voted on this one, like once and for all. Who should the Suns want to face in the first round? And you guys resoundingly said the Mavericks. So we'll get into that because I still do not get it in the last segment. Mix things up a little bit. Keep looking forward, right? The Suns are clearly, they they clinched at least a play-in game. We know they're going to be much higher in that. I talked about their march toward the one seed. So um, I want to, you maybe use the show a little bit here and there over the next couple of weeks into the post into the postseason to just look forward and not always be on the game that just happened. So I'll, I'll talk about that poll to close the show. But what we have to start with here is resiliency. Uh, you know, that's a buzzword. Like, uh, you know, that's, that's coach talk. It's, it's very, you know, sports fan stuff. But I think at the end of the day, like, that's the word that comes to mind for this game because of, of a lot of factors. Um, there were a lot of moments in this game where, Devin Booker just did not look right, uh, and not by any fault of his own. Matisse Thybul put together a highlight reel defensive performance, got the start tonight because Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris were both out. Look, Thibault scored zero points. He was 0-4 from the field, and yet he was one of the most impactful players on either end of the floor. Um, David Thorpe, who does stuff at True Hoop, used to work at ESPN, gets on the Zach Lowe podcast a lot. He has the the kind of rubric for you have to be either absolutely elite, like top three on one end of the floor or the other, or you have to be a two-way player. Right now, Thibel is not a two-way player, but he's 
probably one of the best, if not the best perimeter defensive player in the NBA. He made that known. So the Suns were just like really frankly from the first couple of minutes where, where Booker had a pretty pretty strong success, especially in the pick and roll, setting eight and up on lobs, getting his own buckets. Basically from when Booker checked out in that first quarter until the last couple of minutes, he was a zero or worse. Uh, Thibel just completely had him wrapped up. So they didn't have that working for them. Embiid pretty much thoroughly won the center matchup. I mean, Aiton had some plays late. He had a, a defensive play where I believe it was George Hill was driving on the last really important Sixers full possession. He kind of made Hill bobble the pa- uh, bobble the dribble a little bit, and then and then it turned into a miss. On the other end, gets an offensive rebound that eventually turns into the Booker three that iced the game, right? So I'm not t- saying that Aiton didn't play well when it mattered, but he had 10 and five, right? Like at the end of the day, Embiid put up 38, 17, and four <laughs> now. Embiid also had eight turnovers, so some credit is due there, but this was not the DeAndre Ayton we have become accustomed to seeing in the month of April. They had Jake Crowder go out, hurt. He back in, he was back in the starting lineup with Dario Saric back to the bench, and Crowder hurt his ankle and was immediately uh, deemed to not be coming back. So I'll talk more about that in the next segment, but obviously that's a huge a huge negative. And for most of this game, the Suns could not hit their threes until the fourth quarter when uh, second half, really, Javon Carter hits a few. Um, Chris Paul starts to go into aggressive mode and, and he makes a few. The Suns could not buy a three most of the night. All of that was going against them. And yet they won this game. And and of course, the Sixers had their own level of of difference uh, an unnatural type of game for them with Simmons and Harris both out that's the NBA right but you win because you overcome that stuff and yes it was a three-point game Joel Embiid nearly tied it at, at the end of regulation with the heave but you know the result is the result the Suns won this game they made the plays down the stretch to have luck go into their favor right so that's the name of the game, and and I think that's what's starting to, I think, uh, perk people's ears, maybe widen their eyes, whatever, whatever sense you prefer here for what the Suns can do in the postseason, because that's the name of the game, and I think that's part of, you, you know, you, you went through this East trip, right, and, and it's not to say that we might still see some bumps and bruises in Boston or or when they're in New York for that back-to-back. But you looked at it and it was like, okay, you know, Philly will pose an interesting challenge because yes, Aiton has been really dominant, but he hasn't played a pure dominant post guy during April when he's been so good, right? He played Gobert really well. He, you know, has had his way against Christian Wood or, or Sean Holmes, but not a guy like Embiid, right? Okay. You looked at, okay, maybe Milwaukee, like, you know, they're really versatile all of a sudden and they're actually finally kind of doing some small ball switching, um, spreading the floor stuff that we've been wanting to see from them for so long. So, man, both of those matchups might really test the Suns. And that's true, but the Suns won anyway and they did it by by kind of winning in different ways. And I guess what makes me so optimistic seeing that is that 
you could look at this Suns team a different way and say, okay, you know, ball movement, um, team, very like kind of all all hands on deck type of a defensive mentality, which is what all what all defense is. But they don't have that one center or wing player who just changes everything for you. They have Mikael Bridges, yes, great defender. DeAndre Ayton, very good defender. Jay Crowder, all the rest, but they don't have that guy, right? So, hmm, what do we, what do we, it's like those types of teams are the ones that are begging you to poke a hole in their credentials come playoff time, right? The Suns are not showing themselves to be susceptible to that. They can go to Milwaukee and they can try some stuff with small ball, Torrey Craig at center, DeAndre Ayton um, kind of defending out of position and all the rest, right? They can play the Sixers and you can have a game where Chris Paul can really step up. Not to mention that, you know, Devin Booker is is showing himself to be sort of immune to cold streaks during this past few games. He starts cold and then comes out of it like, I mean, that's an incredible skill that cannot go unnoticed. So the Suns within games and from matchup to matchup are showing that they can adjust and adapt and be different and still win and still maintain that identity and still do the things that we know will help them win. That's so huge and it'll be such a massive factor in why that, you know, why they can ultimately how they can ultimately get to the promised land. The other big part of this to me is that they have other options. They're deep and that leads us to Cam Johnson who stepped in and had a huge game. Jay Crowder now out We'll talk about what that means. Is Cam ready? What happens to the rest of the rotation in just one second? But I wanted to first tell you about the first sponsor of today's show, which is Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. Plus, it's as quiet as a toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using a Theragun signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just a vibration. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stress of life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. You'll know exactly what I mean. The Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by a ton of folks, over 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, as well as elite individual athletes like Paul George, Cardinals receiver DeAndre Hopkins, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, we are back here getting into this Jay Crowder injury. I'm not going to guess that it's going to be long term, but considering he was deemed out right away and they have a game the Suns do in Boston right away tomorrow. I would at least imagine he'll miss a few games. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they keep him out until next Wednesday, give him some rest, let him come home, work on him then. Who knows? Really quick though, first guys, I want to remind you to check out 
our NFL draft coverage on the Locked On Podcast Network. This year, we are partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts as well as the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL draft April 29th through May 1st. So Crowder's, it's a right ankle. And I'll just start by saying, like, I think we all can 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 gauge at this point that it's not a perfect preference for the Suns to always have Jay Crowder in that starting lineup. And I'm saying that as nicely as possible. I don't think that there's any big secret to what it is with Crowder. It's been the case his whole career. He's a streaky shooter. Um, he likes to freelance with the ball in his hands every so often, right? He... He can get a little bit uh, loose, right? He can take some shots we know he probably should not take that are out of the rhythm of the offense. He'll uh, pull up early in the clock for three sometimes. And overall on the season, his three-point numbers are great. He's done a lot of good things for the Suns. I think his playmaking and his ability to fit in a system like this has been a, a really big surprise and a nice thing. So He's a massively important part of this team, and I've said a hundred times now that I think he'll continue to be that as we uh, get closer and, and into the playoffs. That's the type of atmosphere he's made for, and, and all of that is still true to me. Still, I said last week when I was talking about Cam Johnson uh, coming on and getting over his bout with COVID and um, just seemingly getting his legs under him and looking like the player that he was in the bubble and at his best moments in his career. He's put together a string of games. It started with that Utah game and it's continued on. So I said then, and I still think now that regardless of this injury, we probably had not seen the last of Cam Johnson in the starting lineup, that it it was at least going to become a conversation. And maybe if things got to a late series situation for the Suns and they needed some offense they needed just more consistency at that position that that Johnson would get his chance and it looks like we might see that now and you hate for these things to happen when it's a co- when it's caused by injury you you don't like to see that right i mean we saw a little bit of that with Kelly Oubre last year right where um Cam Johnson plays so well. I mean, we know the Suns, in in retrospect, were shopping Oubre last year's deadline. They never gave him the long-term contract. But you saw Cam Johnson step in, and it became very clear very quickly that the Suns were not in desperate need of what Kelly Oubre provided, right? Similarly with DeAndre Ayton during his suspension, right? There were folks, crazy folks like me, trying to make the case that Aaron Baines was was better for the Suns, and we don't need to start that argument again. We can get into the semantics of what I was trying to say back then, but the the bottom line is, it just sucks when that happens, right? It, it's it's a disappointing way for the the course of the season to change. But while that's true, it's also constantly happening all over the league in every sport, right? So that all being said, uh, we might be looking at a situation where. Cam Johnson, who is now um, 15 points tonight, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 9 from deep. We, we've, we've all talked about ad nauseum. He's a better defender than he gets credit for. I trust him in that starting lineup to at least hold up 
Now, the Suns' entire rotation being without Crowder, yeah, you're going to start to see some defensive leakage, uh, slippage, I guess that's the right moniism, right? Um, with with Crowder not in there. You'll probably see more Tory Craig, I would say. Um, but but you're you're going to have this situation now where Cam Johnson, who is already kind of knocking at the door of this, now with this injury to Crowder, even if it's just through the rest of this road trip, maybe it's a week, maybe it's, you know, worst case scenario, I, I would imagine he, there's there's no way I could see this lasting past the first round of the playoffs. That's a, a while away. I, I don't even think it'll be that long, but these things can can linger, right? We, we're seeing it with LeBron James right now. Um, Cam might keep this job. He might not let it back up. Uh, if I were him, I would see this as an awesome opportunity. Um, you, you know, he's been playing so well and is now able to step into the to the starting lineup, and and I just really could see it not going away. Um, Crowder's going to play a huge part in the playoff rotation. We've seen lineups with multiple wings, especially when the bench unit is in and DeAndre Ayton is off the floor. We saw a lineup tonight where it was Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Torrey Craig all on the floor with Dario Saric. So they're going to get creative. They're going to continue to do this. Starting and finishing are different things, and Crowder's going to play. There's going to be a lot of matchups where they're going to need what he does. But right now, I could see Cam Johnson grabbing hold of this starting spot and not giving it up. And I could see Torrey Craig using this as an opportunity to catapult up the rotation a few notches. Maybe he comes out of this proving himself a little more. And this is more of an even split in terms of the other three wing slash forward guys in this rotation aside from Bridges. Maybe that's, you know, 48 minutes or so, 48 to 60 minutes, depending on how many of those guys are on the floor at one time. Uh, Maybe that's split up three ways pretty evenly between Cam and Jay and Tori. We'll see. We'll see. It's 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 a weird thing, but I don't think it's entirely a negative, provided that Crowder can recover completely, because I think you have in Craig and Johnson two guys who were already begging for more of a look, and if Crowder can get some time here to recover fully, I think we could come out of this feeling like, man, that was a real boost for the rest of this rotation at that forward spot to come out of this feeling better about things. So uh, look for that. Keep an eye on it. I, I, I think Cam is going to continue to play well, and, and it'll be a real conversation as we get closer to the postseason. That'll round us out. I'm going to get into this Mavs Trailblazers debate, if it even is one. You guys don't seem to think it's much of a debate. It was resoundingly in one direction. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts and, and go through some of the case for rooting to play Portland versus Dallas. Um, and, and getting out of that first round early. So we'll get to that in just a second. First, I wanted to remind you guys about our favorite sponsors of today's show, starting with betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, NHL, and MLB all in full swing. You got the Oscars on Sunday. That's right. BetOnline even covers award shows. They have real-time updated odds and props on everything in the sports and entertainment business. And they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to place an informed bet. It's the best way to do so, and it's also free to sign up. So head to betonline.ag on the web or use your mobile device to download their app. You're going to make an account 
And then when you make your first deposit, you're going to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Again, head to their website or mobile app, make an account and use the promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Rock Auto is the final sponsor of today's show, and I am so appreciative that they sponsor the show and that they exist in general because they really saved my butt this summer getting a sun visor installed in my car. Over the course of, I don't know, five, six years I've owned it, I guess the sun just did a number. Cracked and completely removed the sun visor on the driver's side. That's obviously not going to do it. Anytime the sun is setting, it's just was right in my eyes. So I went to Rock Auto, typed in my make and model, scrolled down to the sun visor, click in. They had just one part, but it was perfectly cheap. And I bought it and I've been happy ever since. It fit right in. No real installation necessary. It was the perfect part. And that's what Rock Auto does. They deliver exactly what you need at a reliably low price. They're not going to nickel and dime you like the dealership or even the regular chain stores are going to do. They serve you online. They don't even require membership to log in, and they have tons of options for your brand, spec, and price point. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you make your purchase, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Closing out the show with some thoughts on this poll. Uh, I have to dive in with you guys because I am just confused. I'm frankly confused. I've heard a lot of arguments. I'll get into all of them. To lay out the data, so to speak, here. 206 votes. 78% of you guys said that you would rather see the Suns play the Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs than Portland. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think it's a crazy thing to think, but 78%, that I do not, that I do not quite understand. I thought it would be much more evenly split because here's the thing. You could make the case to me right now that Dallas is just straight up a better team. They are only one loss back in the standings. But this is the thing we say with Portland every single year. Yes, there's Dame time. Yes, they're incredible in the clutch. But what that ends up meaning, the reason they're in so many of those situations, is because they get outscored by their opponents. So on, on the whole this season, the, the Trailblazers have on average gotten outscored by 0.3 points per game. That's not per 100 possessions. That is per game. They're just total points this year. They have gotten... Their opponent has scored more points than they have, yet they're seven games over 500. That does not make any sense, okay? So for reference, Dallas averages being, they outscore their opponent by 1.2 points per game on a nightly basis. The Grizzlies are actually even better, and they're going to be in this conversation if they aren't already for getting to that sixth seed. They outscore their opponent on average by 1.6 points per game every night. So those two teams are both substantially better than Portland. And so I don't get you guys. I really don't. The Suns blew the, the Trailblazers out at home, uh, I think on Super Bowl Sunday, if I'm remembering right, or right about there, by 32, 132 to 100. 
Mikael Bridges, yes, he does a great job against Luka. He, this year, has done an incredible job against Damian Lillard. I just... I don't, uh, I don't understand. And it might seem trivial, guys. I get that. I'm not going to drone on about it for too long. We all have our differences. But what I think the number one priority should be and what we should look at, the lens through which we should look at this is that we want this, this first round. And the goal of every team is to get through the first round as quickly and as easily as possible, right? So that should be the goal. And I think that's why it matters who they play. Now, on the one hand, they are going to, uh, wh- whoever it ends up being that falls to seven, or if the Suns get to, to the first seed and it's the eighth seed that they play, they'll have already had to go through the play-in. So that helps, right? That'll that'll make the advantage of being the one or the two seed even better. It's another part of this play-in that, that doesn't get talked about all the time. So that's good on the Suns side. But you just don't want it to drag on. You don't want a lot of close games. You don't want it going six or seven. And we saw Dallas do that last year. They were the seven seed, right? They they pushed the Clippers to six games. There, It was hard fought. You know, there was emotional craziness. There was physical stuff with guys being hurt. Kristaps Porzingis goes out. There's a whole lot of technicals being called. Luka just pushes you. He's a freaking dog, and he he's competitive as hell. He's good as hell. Like, you just don't want to deal with that. I don't know if I'm ready to say, oh, he's better than Damian Lillard, whatever, but when it comes to a playoff situation, the guy who's 6'8", or whatever Luka is, and has that much strength and skill... That's more of a pain to deal with. We see that every single year. Damian Lillard needs his other teammates to step up. He needs the infrastructure to be better for him to succeed. That's not the case with Luka. You could just see a series where Luka averages 35 a night, a near triple-double, and you are just suddenly find yourself in a game six that you had no intention of playing. And that's what I think the Suns should be trying to avoid. So I just wanted to make my case. I don't think that it's going to ultimately affect the Suns championship aspirations or anything like that but you want to sweep you want to really just blitz through that first round and be fresh for the second round because as things currently stand the Suns would play the Clippers in the second round if they get to number one they would play the the Lakers most likely in the second round who are getting healthy you want to be as fresh as you can be as confident and rested and have as much time to prep as you can get when it comes to that. So that's my plea. You guys might just end up being so right. We might see the Suns play the Mavericks and just dominate them. They've done that. I get it. They've done it for two years now. Maybe you could even three years. Isaiah Kanan beat the Mavericks at one point. That was the game he got hurt, but he played well. I get you guys. Uh, I just, I just don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to mess with, with playing Luka Doncic in the playoffs. And so that's all. That's all it is. All right, guys, enjoy this win. Like I said, say it to yourself as you fall asleep tonight. Enjoy it. Two down, three to go. Two down, three to go. Who knows? We really might be talking about a 4-1, 5-0 type of road trip if the Suns can keep playing this well. I don't know if I've seen them play better than they are right now, and they uh, they continue to wow us every night. I'll be back tomorrow, guys, after the Boston game, so hopefully you're tuning in there. You'll be right back here 
to check out the pod after the fact. Subscribe while you're at it. While you're listening to this one, just hit follow, hit subscribe. That way you'll be right there after the Celtics game and you won't have to go looking.